Hooray Run Podcast, episode 15. Joining me for this episode, my friend, Zach Zanbergen, former teammate at Hope College, cross country and track. Zach, ZZ, Z. Zach and I were in Holland, Michigan on September 2nd, 2017 for the Bill Vanderbilt Invitational hosted by Hope College. It's the annual home meet for the Flying Dutch and Dutchman hosted about five miles from Hope's campus. A lot of alumni go watch that kickoff meet of the season each year. We were there September 2nd after the races, started hooping on the blacktop in the parking lot at Ridgepoint Community Church. I drained a deep, deep shot, and I put a bet on it. I told Zach, if I hit this shot, you have to run 5K on the Ridgepoint course in exactly what you're wearing, that's it. If I hit it, you got to run 5K. Jeans, boots, whatever else you got, you're running. I hit the shot. Zach went running with our friend Josh Comrade, a.k.a. Josh K. Josh K is a recurring name in this episode, a main character of the main plot of the following conversation. And we go over what we call... The Boots 5K, because he was wearing hiking boots. We go into detail on that infamous September 2nd day. Also, get Z's take on some of the men's world records trackside that me and T-Dot talked about last week. Was that last week? Last episode. So I just got Z's take on some of those stupid fast times. Hickam El Garouge's 343 mile. Enjoy the conversation. Had a lot of fun with this one. Z, I had him as my guest on the Breaking 2 preview back in May 2017. So it's been nine months since he's been on the pod. Welcome back, Zach. Hope you enjoy the conversation. But before we get into it, as always, my friend Mikey a.k.a. Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud. Mikey, you gotta drop that beat for us. Joining me on the line now... He was my guest on the Breaking 2 preview months ago. Haven't had him on in ages. Needed him back. He's somewhere out in London right now. Rumors say he could be training for that late April London Marathon in 2018 this year. But I don't believe that. It's my friend Zach Zanbergen. ZZ, Z, Z, you're not in any way shape or form ready to run a marathon are you i think it might kill me if i ran 26.2 miles right now kill dead how you been man london roman it's good yeah yeah i'm in london uh more specifically camden town north london uh it's good uh getting a master's out here um it's a rainy, sad, sad night in London, but that's how it is every single night here. It's just rainy and gray and wet. Perfect running conditions. 
Kind of is, actually. I, I actually thought about that today. I was thinking, maybe I should go for a run. And then that thought quickly escaped my mind. April 22nd is the London Marathon. If you started training right now, Z, like tomorrow, I'll give you a... Because it's, what, 9 o'clock there? Yeah, and I just... Yeah, it's 9 o'clock, at it, and I just had dinner, and I ate a lot of cereal. So okay. a lot of dairy in my stomach. So we start training tomorrow, February 2nd. Yeah. Marathon's April 22nd. What's your goal time? What do you think you run London Marathon? Whew. My goal time or my goal time and what yeah. I think I, I could run are two very different things. You'd have just under three months of training. Oh, God. Um, I could, let's see, my goal would be three, 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 twenty. What I would actually run is three thirty. Wow! And I'd be disappointed. Yeah, you'd be. Dis- I think because this is this is why I, I say that, Jim. Because that's still decently that that's good. Yeah. But I, I I occasionally work out. I don't run, but I occasionally work out, and I feel like if I devoted as much time as I did back in college to running, I think I could pick it up relatively quickly. Do you have time to devote like you did back in college? No. Okay. No, 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 no. I wish I did. Well, I I, I wish I had more time for lots of things, but, you know, that's that's life, Jim. What do you think you should have thrown more time into back in the old Hope College days? In the Hope College days, I should have spent more time eating Phelps milkshakes. I agree with that. Maybe more standing only dinners. Wasn't that standing only, yeah, standing only dinners. Yeah, we had stand up dinners, and then um, uh, Phelps milkshakes was another big thing. And you had, to and then eat, you had to eat them with forks. Had to eat them with forks. Yeah, it was a very, it was a science. I had it down to a science. And then I took that. You were a year younger than me, but I remember you taught me that your freshman year, and then I ended up inheriting that skill, that fork skill from yeah. you, and really got some blank stares from people I taught. Yeah, they... yeah, but but once once you convert over to the fork, then you stay there. Do you think here's my question to you, Jim. Do you think Hope College student athletes are still using forks to make their milkshakes? I think it's limited to strictly cross country and track and field programs. I don't think it has strayed farther from that. <laughs> and I'm going under like tonight's dinner which is gonna yeah. start there in like an hour yeah go till 7 p.m eastern i bet i'd put mm, i'd say a couple two people there's a couple for there's a couple forks and ice cream tonight a couple fork shakes tonight <laughs> but no more than there's no way and that would just be like we had to go back to campus and see how lasting our legacy really is and that's that's a telltale sign there how many forks are dipping into shakes do you think we've left any other legacies yeah absolutely fork and milkshake is definitely one of them definitely put in the sprinkles too you know what else i used to do all the time too is i would i would put random things in the ice cream too and try to try to see what kind of concoctions i can make up and one of the one of my favorite things to put in there was cinnamon toast crunch you remember that I do. It was so good. Oh, I could go for one right now. Did you ever pour that mint topping onto it? 
you know, like they had the shelves of syrups and different things. Oh, yeah. And there was a schnapps no, one or something. I'm not a big mint guy, Jim. Okay. <laughs> I'd stay away from that. Would you go spare mint or winter mint for your lifesaver, though? <laughs> Probably uh, for my lifesaver, definitely, definitely spearmint. Okay. I was just talking. You know, to, I was just wait, talking to Frankie Mo the other day on the phone, and he is just dying for the days of a bus ride out to Yellow Brick Road, and then doing all that out there bus ride back. He was just we were going back and forth, one off the other. Butt hat this, butt hat that, cup wars. Whatever, whatever happened to butt hat? He still has butt hat. Does he, you think he ever wears it? I bet he does. Just because I think he puts, he tugs on the cap, and then like all these memories flow out of it, like through his hair and like into his brain. I think it's like some gadget for him now, where he gets in butt hat mode, and then all these hope cross country and track memories just infuse him. <laughs> Speaking of hair, you mentioned something about hair. I was looking at old pictures of me back when I had long hair, and I don't know why you were my friend. I I look so bad. Never grow long hair, Jim. It looks terrible. You shouldn't have said why you were my friend. You should why you befriended me, because that sounds like I did something wrong or was unappealing, and you shouldn't have been my friend. Oh, no, it was, it was all like, me. I should I just not don't know. have befriended you. Yeah, because I look horrible. Like, I don't know why you'd want to be seen in public with me. I'd be ashamed. I'd be ashamed to tout a person who looked like me as a friend. I look so bad. It was your was like scrawny. Though. It kind of was. I was a scrawny little, like, rat. I just looked like a wet rat. I didn't always love the bun. The bun bothered me. Yeah, well, the bun was, you know, those were dark days. Do you think anyone who's listening to this would care that we bump drunk in love before every practice from <laughs> September through September 2013 through March 2014? We be all night, Jim. Surfboard. Surfboard. <laughs> oh, I just... Remember waking up from naps because I'd always be snoozing before practice, get like a 30-minute Scooby or something, and then I'd hear your speaker start bumping, and I knew. That was my alarm clock. Is it still your alarm clock? No, your speakers playing Drunk in Love were my alarm clock from my afternoon nap. Oh, yeah, that'd wake you up. That'd get you going. Rattle the house. (laughs) Rattle the bones. (laughs) When's the last time you ran, Z? Oh, August, late August. I think I know the exact date. When was the exact date? September 2nd, 2017. Oh, a day which will live in infamy. You ran 3.1 miles. I'm going to preface this real briefly. And you chime in, cut me off if I say something wrong. But Sure. September 2nd, 2017, every year, Hope College Cross Country, our alma mater, where we ran in our college days, hosts the first meet of the season for cross country. And it's not on Hope's campus. It's like, what, four or five miles from campus at Ridgepoint Community Church. Beautiful facilities. 
and just kind of a rugged cross country course. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not easy. And it's always straight up blue sky, 80 degrees, not a cloud is knocking on the door. It's just like the sun beats down on this course and it's kind of rugged. You know, they mow it pretty well, but it's not conducive to a PR. But for some reason, no. some people do run like their quickest time at Ridgepoint for the whole season and just baffles everybody. Yeah. But we're there this year, Z, 2017 season opener for Hope College. Just spectating, seeing some other alumni. After the races, we're hanging around in the blacktop, big old parking lot at the community church. They always do a family picnic after this meet. And all the parents usually stay by, they bring a dish, and it's just like, you know, 80-some people gathering on this lawn right outside the church, near the start line to the course. And the alumni kind of kick back, because chances are, if you don't have a brother or sister on the team, your mom and dad aren't there with you spectating. So alumni are just kind of kicking together in a group. I see this basketball hoop tilted on its side, but very manageable to set up in two minutes. And I know I grabbed you, I grabbed Frankie Moen, Noah Litwiller, a few others. And we lifted this thing up, yeah, in like a minute and a half, two minutes. And I always bring a basketball with me in my car. It's been nicknamed the Fuzzy Ball. And so this Fuzzy Ball, fuzzy ball like, yeah. yeah, I shot the grip out of it throughout my high school days. Still carry it around. Not the best traction, but I always have Fuzzy Ball with me. So I'm thinking, okay, get this hoop up. It's in good shape. You know, rim's not bent. We can raise it to 10 feet, lower it for dunk contests. Let's just get some b-ball going on the blacktop. Here's here's the thing I'll say about – about I'll chime in right now, yeah, Jim. Yeah, please do. That, that basketball hoop has never been there before. In all the years, like my freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, you all, you, all four years you ran. And then I went – this was the second Vanderbilt that I went to after graduating. And I've never seen this basketball hoop. And I'm confident – that if I had seen it when we were, you know, sophomores or, or juniors, we would have we would have set it up and probably fooled around on the basketball hoop for a little bit. But I, I'm convinced that that basketball hoop was divinely placed there for this just purely. I must have done something wrong earlier in that day because as as the listeners will hear, it was just the most the series of the most unfortunate events yeah what transpires will connect to what z just said there and we get to hooping so we're balling noah who i mentioned noah litwiller also had a basketball if i remember that correctly yeah he yeah he brought it he's got one in much better shape than mine but we got two basketballs going so there's like eight to 12 alumni we get a good game of lightning you might call it knockout lightning knockout going Maybe depending little... on, on your location of listening right now yeah 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 geographic <laughs> location and we're playing knockout little horse here and there and of course things kind of died down it's a warm day it's like 80 degrees out there again like i said the... we also do you remember the the dunk contest that we had for a little while too <laughs> i think that's true that one i think that was the warm-up wasn't it Doing. It might have been that. That might have how it started, but I just remember Frankie Mo just <laughs> throwing down. 
So just just picture all these former kind of washed up cross country runners doing this dunk contest on a seven foot rim. It was nothing impressive. No, in fact, from a from a third party perspective, it probably looked really bad. But but Frankie Mo just threw it out, and I remember getting hype. I think we chest bumped. It yes. was it was lit. Got half a pizza slice in our mouths while we're doing this. Kind of chumping on Mar- Starburst on the side. So many Starbursts. I ate so many Starbursts, and that came back to haunt me, too. It did. It did. And we're having a blast. So, again, we're not, like, super attached to what's going on on the adjacent field next to us, like, with the dinner or with the lunch and whatnot. But we are free game to chime in, to eat some snacks, whatever. But we're just kind of chilling in our alumni corner playing basketball. And then we get into doing some bets because – Pretty much all of us have the free day ahead. We're there in Holland. We're here together. Let's have a day. And so we just throw in bets out here. Not money-wise. Again, for the listeners, we do a lot of stupid stuff. Like with a 20-sided dice, we roll a 20-sided dice and say, if I roll a 16, then you got to do this. And there's all this consent involved. Like you have to agree to it. You roll the dice. If it lands, you got to do it. So we're just going back and forth now with made shots. So essentially the basketball and the hoop, those are our dice on this day. So we're just throwing bets. Like if I make this from 45 feet, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, reverse layup with opposite hand. You got to go, I don't even know what some of the bets were that day. I've done so many in the last seven years of my life. But it dies down. You know, there's only like four or five alumni left. Table's getting cleaned up. Pizza's halfway, all the way gone at this point. Yeah. And we're just chucking deep onesie. Fill fill in any details about... Like like the equivalent of uh, like a little over, probably between a three quarters to... Like a a three quarters court shot. Like long ball here. You know, there's video footage. I think along with this post, I'm going to... I'm going to give the the viewers and the listeners a little context here. Cause I did take some valuable video on this day. Oh yeah. And it just gets to a point where I say, AZ, I'm going to chuck this from 60 feet. And it's like kind of a side shot. It wasn't a straight on shot. Cause we found this, you know, this mark in the parking lot that was just a good threshold from where to launch some shots. So it's like 60 feet ish. I would say, would you agree? Yeah, well, and prior to this, too, prior to you shooting, I remember, I think I launched one and asked Noah if I made a long ball, if he would do so. I forget what the what the bet was, but like I had launched, we we were chucking just long shots and no one was making anything. And I don't think you had shot one yet. It was like me and Noah and I remember Josh K threw one mm-hmm. and but you were you hadn't you hadn't shot yet, but there had been a couple like pretty heavy bets with pretty heavy deep shots that had not fallen it was a pretty dry it was a pretty dry betting season that day was like no one had done anything too crazy yet no if we were rolling dice we'd be saying the dice ain't hot tonight you know no it it wasn't hot it wasn't so then i i get the ball i say z if i make this then blank Fill it in for the listeners, Z. Then I have to run 5K of the course in exactly what I was wearing. And 
what I was wearing that day was a t-shirt, Hope College t-shirt. Okay. Nice, nice dry fit material. A pair of pretty heavy blue jeans. <laughs> a pair of nice dress socks for some reason. Yes. And then, and then my hiking boots, big old heavy clunkers, which I can even remember that morning putting them on and thinking to myself, I haven't worn these in a really long time. I should, <laughs> I should wear them. And I don't know why I decided to wear these big old heavy boots in the in the middle of the hottest day of the year. But I did. You did. It threw a lot of people for a loop, but you were stomping around in the boots. Not bad on the blacktop uh, on the blacktop for those shoes. But if we got playing like three on three, you would have been tormented. Yeah, and also if I had to run a 5K on one of the most uneven courses in, in western Michigan, that would not be a good thing either. <laughs> so I throw the bet at you. I drain it. I say if I drain it, you're running 5K. You can get a partner to go with you. No time limit. Just I, you wouldn't run. Just have to, have to do the 5K, yeah. Just at, have that, to do at that point, I think you said you would run like 12 miles since graduating college. Yeah, I I was in still, you know, at that time I had no, I was in no shape to go run a 5K in proper running clothes even. And so if I didn't make this shot, this would probably be the worst podcast episode in the universe. So yeah. just to spoil it, I, I did make the shot. I think I banked I it in. It. Did I bank it? Yeah, it was, it, it was just a no doubter. I and mean, the second it left your hand. I think I was already halfway to the start line. Yeah, you were turned around jogging, warming yeah. up, doing little Petrix. Uh, so I hit it. You know, there's there's some fanfare again. It's it's died down. There's minimal people there, but Noah's there. Josh K is hanging around. You and I, Frankie Mo might still be here and there. Yeah, but I hit it and <laughs> I say let's get to going. <laughs> so here's my thing, Z. There was it. no better person in our lives that we know mutually to be there than Josh Comrade that day. He is the unsung hero for so many different situations in my life. And that one in particular, just I just it was heaven sent. Why he needed to be there for some reason and he didn't know what that reason was until that shot went in. I pulled up that morning, the first person I see running, no, not one of the women's team members warming up. No, not a group of guys warming up for the race. No, it's Josh K roaming around the parking lot getting his miles in. And I rolled Class. down the window, I'm saying, Josh K, what are you doing, man? He's like, hey, Jimmer. And then... Did he, did he run that race that day? I don't think he did. He didn't. I th- he just he did a morning run. And then he did, and then, yeah, that was it. He just had done only a morning run at that point. He's a course meister, though. Him and Kyle Morales, they just, you follow them if you want to see all the points and the best views. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, surely he got a couple more miles in during oh, the race. Most definitely. Yeah. And Josh Comrade, a kid who did triples in the summer, I think, I honestly think there was one weekend I drove up to Holland, I lived in Saginaw at the time, and I drove in for a weekend just to see yeah. friends and get some training in with some guys who were living there in the summer in Holland, and Josh K was there doing research, 
and I really think he did a quad in one day. I think he did no a, way, I really. Think, I think he did a four run day because Josh K. If you don't know him, he's the guy who if you're strapping on the shoes and he's got like any window of time, it's go. He'll join you. He'll get extra mileage in. And I really, he's a hype man. He's your yes man and your hype man. Like he'll be no matter what. 100%. He'll he'll latch on next to you and, and, and put in those miles with you. It's a beautiful thing. I just I see. I'll have to clarify with him. I don't know if he's ever done a quad, but I really think he did a morning run that morning I arrived because I arrived at like five in the evening. He had done a morning. Uh, how many miles in the morning? Uh, I think he said six. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and then. Does an afternoon run around three. I don't want to BS through my mouth right now because I don't know what exactly the mileage was. But I just remember because I was just getting in like that afternoon run around or like 6 p.m. evening run. And he joined on that. I believe Sam Peterson was there, Jesse Hankel. And then I remember him saying something about, yeah, I've already planned a run with so-and-so at 9 o'clock tonight. And as far as I'm concerned, he did that night run post 6 p.m. evening run, if that's even an evening run to you. But yeah. I really believe he did a quadruple. So, Josh K., if you're listening, please clarify. Message me somewhere, and I can make a correction to that. But anyway, yeah, Josh K. Yeah. was just a monster with mileage and whatnot. Again, as he said, 100% all in, a gamer. He's there that day. I hit the shot. You have to run the 5K. One of the first things out of his mouth after I hit it, I'll go run with you, Zach. <laughs> and I needed that. That's exactly. Well, the thing was, too, right when you hit the shot, I took off. Like, I didn't. There was no. There was no. and uh, Because I respect the dice. I know it wasn't a dice, but I respect the hypothetical dice. Too much to put up a stink or to put up a fight about something. Like, I, I consented. You made a good shot. And so I, I knew what I had to do. And for for better or for worse, I was going to run a 5K in boots and jeans during a 90, no, it wasn't 90 degrees, during an 85 degree day. I was going to do that. But I could have I could have thrown up a, a fuss about it. I didn't. And one of the reasons why I didn't was because Josh K immediately said, I'll do it with you. And I was like, yeah, Josh, we're going to do this together. It's no longer just about me. This is something that me and you are going to do, Josh. And it was a beautiful moment. It was, oh, it was exactly, I've got goosebumps right and now just thinking to, about it. Just to be certainly explicitly clear, Josh K in no way had to run that. No, no way. And that's why I was like, this is this is a beautiful moment because he could have he could have sat there and laughed at my my deserved horrible situation that I was in. But instead, he said, I'm going with you. And if that's not brotherhood, I don't know what is. (laughs) He had no tie to the bet. Nothing. And no. And and, uh, you know what? I'm mad at you now thinking about it because you didn't offer to go on a run. Nobody else did. Josh K was the only one. Oh, if I'm the Thanks, one throwing Josh. the bet at you, there's not a chance I'm going toe to toe for five. Oh, you were you were laughing. You and Noah were hugging, high five, and laughing 
There's no way I'm there taking was... one step with you for that 3.1 mile. Yeah, there was no pity. There was no pity. <laughs> and uh, Josh K also had his GPS watch, which was huge for yeah. you because now we knew yeah, it. it wasn't just like I'm sending Z off into no man's land and he might kind of know the first 5K of the 8K, but who knows? He could end up running like 2.25 and then it's like not official. But Josh K has his GPS and I know like – I know Josh K's GPS watch. I know that thing. And I'm saying, I am certain with my whole heart, this is going to be an official 3.1 miles now that Josh K is side by side with Z. Here's my question, Jim. Do you think Josh K, we're really picking the brain of, of Josh K right now. Yeah, we are. Do you, think, do you think Josh K went on that run with me to keep me accountable? Do you think that he thought that I was just going to run down the hill and then twiddle my thumbs in the forest for you know 20 minutes and then jog back up i don't think that's josh k's character i don't think i don't either i think and and, here two parts a he genuinely wanted to get more mileage for the day yeah absolutely that's another 3.1 to the log f yeah i'm doing that and b Josh K is a ride or die guy and he's there. Like we said, you strap on the shoes. He's going to strap them on right after you. He's going to be right there in tow. And that's just genuinely Josh K. So I don't even think he thought twice about it. Like, Oh, should I have done this? Should I have said I can run with you? I don't think that thought ever crossed his mind. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking the same exact thing. Josh K unsung hero. In that situation, it would have been me and Noah who were the ones like looking down over the hill and checking if you're twiddling your thumbs and taking a pee break and like adjusting. Oh yeah, you would have you would have made sure. I did. I did take a pee break. Did I? I told you that. Yes. I had to take a pee break because I, I had just finished eating a thousand Starbursts and drinking a lot of Coca Cola. How many times in college did you drink a lot of Coke and eat a lot of Starburst around the time of your run? I kind of had a weird stomach in college. You remember that? I do. But I'm not sure. I think, you know what? I think it had to do with not the Coke and Star Starburst, which I did eat a lot of Starburst and drink a lot of Coke. But I think it more so had to do with Phelps Dining Hall. And their their dairy selection because they had you remember how they had they had the little milk levers and they had the skim milk and then they had chocolate milk and then they had whole it wasn't whole milk what was it like vitamin D milk or something like the really thick creamy milk uh-huh. I only drank the really thick creamy milk and and there's a I think there's a direct correlation between days where I had cereal with whole milk and days where I had to poop in the woods. <laughs> I think that I think they're correlated. Those those days weren't rare either, just so you know. No, no, they, they really weren't. <laughs> Listeners, those days were not rare. <laughs> Let's go back to September second, Boots five K. So Josh yeah. K's right there with you. He starts the watch. What's the initial thought? Is there any adjustment of the belt and the jeans? Like are the boots feeling all right? What's like the first concern you have when you start that 5K? My my first concern 
I didn't really have any concerns. My first concern was that it was going to be more of an inconvenience than anything else. Like, I'm going to get really sweaty. That was probably one of the first things that went through my mind is was I'm going to get really sweaty. And then I don't want I don't want to do this for the next 20 odd minutes. I don't I, this is not something that I want to be doing, but I have to do it. Um, I wasn't really concerned about the, the jeans or the boots because I had done I had done a boots mile before. I had run in those boots before, which is another story. But, um, yeah, I didn't have much concerns. I was just mainly frustrated that you got that shot off and that you made that shot and that you won. I was just, I was just kind of like frustrated. I was just mad, is what I was. Was there much conversation? Was there much conversation between you and Josh on the run, or was it pretty much? to yourself or was he encouraging you what was the no we actually you know what it was it was it was good we had a great conversation like i hadn't talked to josh in a while and during the race he was running off with with kyle morales all over the place and so and you and i and and uh who else were we with that day frankie mo we were we were you know walking and talking so i i didn't see josh much during the actual race but so like it allowed us time to like talk and catch up and like I asked him what he was doing, he asked me what I was doing and like we had good conversation pretty much the whole time. He asked me when the last time I ran was, I said I don't know. He said are you going to die and I said I might. Like it was just like it was just great conversation pretty much the whole time. Now obviously as I I continued on racing or not racing, running, I started to get more winded and so conversation kind of died down. Naturally. But Josh K unsung hero knew that about me and he knew he could tell when i was hurting and so there were times where he would just step off and let me let me exist and then there'd be times where he'd motivate me he's just i'm telling you man if he wasn't there i don't know if i'd be here right now i think you would have got lost i think i think i'd still be on that course i don't know not not the easiest course to navigate if you don't know exactly where you're we actually we missed a turn one time. Yeah. Yeah, we stopped and we turned around and then we had to double check to make sure we're going the right way. Because by that time, there had already been races and several hundred runners running over like all the spray paint on the ground. So um, we thought that we missed an arrow, but we went back and we checked it and we were actually going the right way the whole time. Okay, good. Was there yeah. a, What point was the bathroom break? Uh, so after you go down that first big hill, which is like uh, probably about a half a mile long, then you weave the woods a little bit, got to the mile marker. And once we got to the mile marker, then I was like, all right, I got to, I got to pee here. And he said, yeah. Then I also had to tie, I had to tie my shoe. That was another thing that I had to do. I had to tie my shoe first and then I peed. Just one. Those were the only two breaks I took. Just one shoe tie? Yeah, just. just yeah, just one shoe because the shoe came untied. Okay. And so I was flopping around, which was a danger. You know, I could have could have tripped and really hurt myself. Is Josh K's watch beeping at every mile or is it silent? I think I asked him for splits every once in a while. Like I just asked him what's what – because he, he has one of those watches that tells you your, your pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would ask him how fast I was going. And I remember the first mile we got through at like seven – like seven ten, I think, 
Okay. Um, which and did you did you go the downhill route that first mile? Yeah, well, yeah. So obviously it's going to be a little bit faster. Um, so we got through at seven ten, and I can remember thinking, "All right, I'm still in, in decent shape," and I was feeling all right at that point. And and so like kind of like the, I feel like this might just be like the in, internal competitive nature of m- me and just well, like my former running pride. I told myself that I wasn't going to slow down from 710. So I tried not to slow down, but I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Did it ever start really hurting? Or were you pretty- Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um after you go down the hill, you weave through the woods, right? And then you go a- around um you weave around some point that you weave like in front of where that really big hill is, you know, the big like cliff hill, you weave in front of that. So you come back out like into the sun and then you go back into the woods and then you have to run back up the first half mile, the first half mile hill. So what was in the first half mile, a really nice, easy downhill for the very beginning of the course, then turns around and becomes a really, really horrible, steady uphill for a half a mile. And that I remember being at the very bottom of the hill and, and groaning and and because I had forgot about that because the only thing that you think about at Vanderbilt is that cliff that massive hill that you have to summit uh-huh. you, the other one totally goes under the radar but right when I got to the bottom of that hill I was thinking to myself oh yeah yeah I remember you <laughs> and it, that hurt that's when it really hurt but Josh K is just the the steady man he's probably not breathing was- a lick or anything Oh breathing. no, he was his heart rate did not go above 70 beats per minute. <laughs> At the speed that we were going, it was it was a walking pace for him. Okay, I have video here. I'm going to try this with the audio on the pod. It's okay. I believe it's right after you finished. So just listen up here. Sure. I drained about a 45-footer on the blacktop, and this man, Z, agreed to run a 5K on the course. Our friend Josh Comrade paced him. Of course he did. Who else would? Josh K here with the wad. Only Josh. I have no other true friends. Okay, we got well, we got jeans. Dress socks. 100% denim. Dress Cotton dress socks. Cotton dress socks. Boots. Echo boots. Echo. Weigh about 20 pounds each. No, it's probably like only 70, but that sun makes it feel 110 at least. This was holding on to the phone and the keys in the butt pocket the whole time. Oh, I forgot about that. Digging yeah. Ate about 20 Starbursts immediately before. Oh, uh, thanks. See, what would I do without Josh K? I, uh, you know, I felt this is 25 what? What was it? 20, what was it, 
So I had loose, <laughs> loose high top boots. Uh, so my ankles were a little bit all over the place, but that was the least of my worries. I did, I will say, we stopped twice. Once, but okay. both for good reasons. Yep. Just not the watch, too? He, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because he lost the watch. Lost his watch. Yeah, I lost my watch, so I had to go find my watch. And then uh, the second time was Josh hurdled over a snake. No way. Oh yeah, that's right. I stopped and I looked at the snake. We Okay, tell me about that. The snake part. Yeah, I forgot about the snake. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. I totally forgot about that. Well, I forgot about two things. One that I had to carry my freaking keys the whole time too. That was horrible. My hands are so sweaty. All the liquid from my body went from my mouth into my hands. Like my mouth was really dry, and it was like all the all the hydration was just pouring out in my hands. Um, so that was yeah. I forgot about that. But then the snake, that was right before the one mile mark, and um, I think Josh did see it. But I think at first he probably thought that I was like trying to come up with an excuse to like stop running or whatever. But absolutely, he hurdled the snake. He jumped right over the snake. And then, like, we went back to try to find the snake, but it had already slid into the... There are snakes. There are snakes in that woods, man. Can you believe it? I never encountered a snake on that course. No, I didn't even think snakes existed anywhere near Ridgepoint. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen a snake in Michigan until that point. Wow. You? I feel like I've seen a snake in Michigan. No, but okay, you're probably thinking of like one of those little garden. What are they called? Garden, gar- yeah, garden gardener snakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, dude, this was a this was a boa constrictor. No, big daddy. It was it was it wasn't actually a boa constrictor, but it was big. It wasn't a gardener snake. It like it was definitely something else. It was a sidewinder of some sorts, a black mamba, perhaps. Ooh. If you were actually trying to convince me that it was a bow constrictor, there would have been some sort of hallucination, hallucination involved in this whole race. But, but I have uh, I have empirical proof. Josh K., once again, yeah. get in contact with him. And if you're listening, Josh, let him know that it wasn't it wasn't a small snake, but it wasn't a large snake. <laughs> and I love in that video how he adds the point two to the total time. The point two. That's the most Josh K. thing ever right there. Point two. He jumps right in. Also, one of, one of the things that I heard in that video was Dumblebee in the background just cackling, giggling, giggling the whole time. <laughs> Dumblebee is our nickname for Noah Litwiller. Um, yeah. Yeah, that video tells a lot right there. Just again to give proof to what happened that day. I honestly, Z, I thought bar, just not barring, but considering all circumstances, how much you'd run since college, what you were wearing, the boots, 80 degree day, heavy sunshine. I really didn't think you would have, you had a chance to break 30. And so what, I, what was it? 20, 20, what? 25 mid. That's not bad. What is that per mile? Let's see. It's a. Eight something, yeah. I, yeah. I really slowed down. It's not bad. Not at all. I don't. I don't know if I could do that right now. You're still running. You could do that. Yeah, I would definitely feel comfortable breaking twenty five and five k right now. But again, in, circumstances. In jeans, though. Oh, uh, if I if we simulated that same day. And everything, like if I was 
having to do that tomorrow, I don't know what I would run. I'm just saying, like, I thought, wow, Z just ran that at just over eight flat pace. I really thought he'd be well over nine to nine thirty pace. I I was just like the pace, yeah, was good, was okay. But I was just proud of myself that I didn't walk. That's what I was trying not to do. Like I didn't want to have to do the whole hands on the head and walk a little bit of it. And if I if I did have to like stop to catch my breath at any point, I wouldn't have like walked to to add add distance to the or to you know to like shave off distance. Right. I was just happy that I could run the whole thing. Did you ever feel like Josh K was your pacemaker? Um, he never, I don't think he ever ran in front of me. I think I, he had me set the pace the whole time. Okay. Which is, once again, another beautiful thing that Josh K did. It's like, he just knew that's what I needed. I guess what I'm saying is I really wish you were more exhausted than what you showed upon completion. Because I thought this is really going to take him out and then. You were mentioning how much you were sweating, and you're like, guys, can you see like how wet my clothes are? So I'm sure it was miserable. I just felt like, wow, if he's actually going to do this, commit to it right here, he's going to be sprawled out on the blacktop, just gasping you, for yeah, air. Yeah, you wanted want- me. You wanted me to crawl across the finish line, is what you I, wanted. Absolutely, and you had yeah. much more in the tank than I thought you would. But I do remember afterwards we went to we went to Craig's Craig's Cruisers. <laughs> And I was pretty gassed at Craig's. Like, okay. my legs were hurting. I, was, I wasn't feeling great. While you're trying to hit 80-mile-an-hour fastballs. Which, also, that's impossible. The, the, MLB, the MLB is fake somehow because it's impossible to hit an 80-mile-per-hour baseball. It's impossible. No one can do it. <sighs> I think we had one more shot after you were done. I think you maybe shot one for me to run the 5K. It was one of those like. Oh ad- yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, I get a rebuttal kind of shot. Yeah, yeah so like I, but on. I missed. Him. <laughs> so twenty five, twenty nine, boots five k. Point two. Point two. Um. Was that the craziest run situation you've had? I mean, we've had wild running situations, but was that like? The most least that wanted I've, in the moment that I've that I've ran, like me personally, have run. Mm-hmm. That is, it was either that one or the boot, the boots mile that I did. Which okay. boots mile might be mo- more? Um, I don't know, but they're they're just different because boots five k sucked, and I'm proud of myself for doing it. Boots Mile was like Nordy got involved in Boots Mile. Nordy was the one who endorsed Boots Mile. Wow. So tell us and who, nobody tell us who Nordy yeah, okay, is real quick. Yeah. No, Nordy Nordy is uh our uh our head coach at, at Hope yeah. for for men's and women's um cross country and then also the distance coach for track and field. Yeah. Wasn't he like named he was for a couple years ago he was named like coach all region coach or something for the women's team like he was he had won some awards for being a a pretty good coach he is a great coach Mm -hmm. but he's also the type of guy who 
um, who he's a lot. I think he's a lot like me in this regard where like he likes to push buttons and he like totally will egg you on to do something and will just like irk you and just totally get you. He prank called me one time. He's the type of person to prank call you. (laughs) (laughs) That's snorty. And then boot smile. What'd you run? Hold on. Let me go back to the prank call. Do you remember that? No. It was um, Jackie Clark. I was sitting next to Jackie Clark. This was on spring break. It might have been my senior year. You might have been gone. But I was sitting next to Jackie Clark on the bus on the way back from the mall. um, When we we go to that mall, then you buy stuff for your secret friend or whatever. Yeah. And we were on our way back from the mall. And Jackie Clark... I had been like chirping the entire bus ride and she made me a bet that I couldn't talk. Like, she's like, you're talking so much right now. I don't think you can talk for five minutes. And I was like, I absolutely can. And she goes, if you don't talk for five minutes, I'll give you five bucks. And I was like, absolutely. So then I wasn't talking. And, um, she, I think she texted Nordy and said, Hey, call, call Zach right now. Uh, to, cause Nordy was on a different bus. And she goes, call Zach right now um, because I, I made a bet with him that he won't be able to talk for five minutes. And so I and she didn't tell me this. So on my phone, I get a call from Nordy and I'm thinking, like, I got to answer this. Like, he's going to be telling me something about we had a race the next day or later, later on, not the next day, but a few days from now. So I, th- I thought he was going to tell me, like, some disastrous news like, hey, you you I scratch you from this race and you're not going to run or or like, I don't know, the steeplechase pit flooded and you're not going to be able to run the steeplechase at emory or something i thought he had catastrophic news so i was like i gotta answer this call and i remember holding up the phone to jackie and and like pointing at it but not making any noises not saying anything and she just kind of shrugged and i was like i was stuck between a rock and a hard place i didn't know what to do and uh i answered the phone and i go hey nordy and he goes in his classic nordy voice he goes hi you just lost five dollars <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, dang it. Uh, like, he totally, he totally got me. But I think he, I paid Jackie $5 and then he paid me $5. So he, he owed me. But he absolutely got me. That Jackie, little punk. Great move by Jackie. Seriously, fair play. <laughs> so all these catastrophic theories are going through your mind while he's gone. And it's, yeah, and yeah, the best part about this, the best part is that five bucks was on the lot. Yeah. It was $5. It was monetary value. It was $5, though. It's not like $350 on the line. Like, I think it was more so about pride. Like, Jackie, I won the Hey Everybody Look at Me award in, in college. And so, like, it was, it was kind of like, I, I don't need to be... I'm better than this, but I ended up losing, so I'm still salty about that. Jackie Clark, if you're listening, just I'm going to get you back one day. Just a couple college kids who would have done anything to get their hands on $5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, all that to say is Nordy is a, Nordy's a little trickster. <laughs> <laughs> My next question about yeah. Boots 5K was were you more shocked that I made the 45 to 50 footer 
or more shocked to see that Holland has its own edition of Christ the Redeemer? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. Oh, it's just on just on the most beautiful cliff looking out over over I-96. Oh man, I think I'm more shocked. I'm definitely more shocked about Christ the Redeemer. You can see him from the highway. Do you know that? You can see Christ the Redeemer from the highway. Oh, I bet there was ample planning to make sure that every car that is driving which direction would see Christ the Redeemer on Ridgepoint Community Church's campus. Incredible. I mean, he was just looking out over top, uh, right on that cliff. Was there a plaque underneath Christ the Redeemer, or was it just Christ the Redeemer? I believe there was some inscription nearby, but I don't go to the bank with that. There was just no, like, explanation for that. Like, it was just there. Have you been to the real Christ the Redeemer? I have not. No, I've, I've never been to South America. I want to go. Okay. It's just, probably a little it's a little bit more grand than the one at Ridgepoint, I'm assuming. I yeah, I would assume that. <laughs> yeah. Down in Rio. I just know you yeah. got footprints in many parts of the world and I was just kinda racking my brain on the spot there to think it has he been there? Has he seen official Christ the Redeemer? No, but when I do go, because I'm sure I'll go at some point. When I do go I'll get back on the pod and I'll let you know. We can compare the two Christ the Redeemers. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Yeah. I want your take real quick before I let you go. So last episode, Ty Brinks was on and we were talking men's world records on the track. Yeah. yeah. So out of the 800, David Rudisha, 140. 1,500, mm-hmm. Hickam El Garouge, 326. Mile El Garouge, 343. Daniel Komen's insane 7.23K and Saif Shaheen's steeplechase record, 7.53. What's your most untouchable of those five? Is that five? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or what's most impressive? Just what's your your breakdown of those five? Just what do you think is going to be standing the longest? What do you think is most vulnerable? I think most vulnerable, the 800 record. Okay. Um, because when Radisha broke that record, that was at, um, when was that? That was at... Um, that was London 2012. Was it at London 2012? Didn't, not only... He he broke it, but like seven of the eight runners in that race went under. I just remember that entire race was unbelievably fast. Yeah, Brinks and I dug deep into that race, and it was the same one where Solomon and Simmons went under 143. That's it. Yeah, 143. They went under 143. So I don't know. I just I, that race was insanely fast, and there's a lot of fast 800 runners that I think can gun for that. Mm-hmm. Most impressive, I think Hickam El Garouge's mile record is the most impressive. Okay. And I don't know if that's because I've ran lots of miles in my life. And to think about running 343 
is just mind blowing to me. Also, kind of related. I was listening to something um, about Hikam El Garouge. It was a TED talk, and about how, um, like our like athletes. The question was: Are athletes getting better, or is like running technology to answer for like the steep decline in? in records and they started off by talking about how when jesse owens ran back in 1936 like he was running on cinder and in shoes that were not specially designed for speed and uh, like all these things were where if he would have run in shoes that were specially designed for speed and on a modern track his record or his his um 100 and 200 times back in 1936 would have been significantly faster but then they ended up talking about how athletes themselves are changing and their bodies are changing. Hickam El- and they talked about Hickam Elgarouge for a really long time. Hickam Elgarouge, his body is like perfectly sculpted to run a world record in um in the mile. Mm. And they compared him to Michael Phelps who is like a perfect specimen for breaking world records and winning gold medals. For a swimmer, he's got long arms, he's got incredibly long arms, an incredibly long torso, and shorter legs. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hikamel Garus is like the complete opposite. He's tiny, he's got really long legs compared to his, his body, and he's got a short little torso. And they said that Hikamel Garus, who is, I think he's 5'6", I don't know, you might have to fact check me on that, 5'8", maybe? Mm-hmm. Definitely under 5'10". Short, sh- relatively short person. I'm checking. Um, keep, keep talking, though. And Okay, sure. And Michael Phelps, who is 6'4", have the same length legs. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my. Their legs are the same length. So that, to me, because of how much of a physical freak... In the nicest way possible, mm-hmm. Hickam Elgarouche was. I think that record's going to stay for a while, and I don't think anyone's ever gotten close to that record. Brinks and I talked about that. You know, we had a three forty seven semi recently at the Prefontaine Classic in Eugene. Yeah, yeah. But just the not the lack of, but because like the pre classic mile is the probably the best international mile in the world yeah there's obviously the 1500s run way more than the mile and so to get a field that could definitely gun for sub 344 even again like it's 343 low so if you go 343.9 incredible but you're still 0.8 off the record so yeah you're still off that record what i'm saying is like when i see a sub 350 today and these days, I'm I'm super impressed. Like sub three fifty is another tier of mile greatness, but <laughs> it's another second and a half a lap to get down to three forty three. It's just yeah ridiculous. And to think that it's at sub fifty six pace per four hundred. I love all the talks we've had of breaking down these records, and that mile is. Sub 56 per 400. And then we say, like, go out on a track or go on a treadmill and set it at this pace. And now imagine running that for a full 1609. I could probably count 
on on two hands how many times I've ever run a four hundred in in sub fifty six. <laughs> like, it, and I like to think I, I wasn't a I wasn't an exceptional runner, but I was okay. Like that's just that's just in, that's just unbelievable, Jim. Did you know that El Garouge won double gold at twenty fourteen Athens, fifteen hundred and five k. Twenty fourteen. Did I say 14? I meant 04. Okay. Cause I was, no way. 2014. I might, well, first off, what goal was, was happening in 2014? But, man, old man running here. 2004, you said 5K, 10K? 15, 5K. Oh, 15, 5K. Double gold? Yep. What a freak. What what do you think the fastest a person can run a mile is? Because you know, like when we on were talking even, about on an even plane, like not downhill or anything, or well, they do do those downhill miles. Yeah, I know. Is that I, what you're asking? Or are you asking on a? Track? No, I'm at, I'm asking on a track. Like because when we were when we were talking about like breaking two, the whole thing about breaking two was like nobody ever thought that sub like even even two hour something marathon, you know, like two zero 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 in 10 seconds. Like even that nobody thought anyone could ever do that. And like, we're getting really close to it. Like, do you think three forty three is about the fastest that humans can physically go? I think I said so. Out of those five records, I said Daniel Coleman's seven twenty three k is the most untouchable. Again, like an odd distance, not run with a huge field with depth, right? All that much and seven. Just look up seven twenty after this. See, like it's it's ridiculous. But the three forty three, sure. all these records are ridiculous. But the three forty three, I agree. I think is gonna stand. I forgot what I said on the last episode, but not going to be attacked anytime soon. But I think right. if, I think we may have talked about this in the – I'm saying I think a lot. But the Breaking 2 preview, we may have discussed how – what if they do this with an 800 or what if they do this with a mile and they get the optimal wind resistance and they have different rabbits jump on the track throughout for this person or these people trying to attempt to break – Three, let's just say 340 in the mile and see if it's humanly right. possible. So I would be curious. I know it would be labeled as another marketing event and a circus and this and that, get a lot of criticism, but I do think it would be cool to see a breaking 340 event or just breaking 343-13, you know, to see if someone can run quicker than El Garouge's world record with optimization. Do you think it's possible to go sub 340? I I think when you take 20257 the official world record in the marathon Dennis Cometo 2014 mm-hmm. and you now go down to 2 flat 25 Kipchoge's time in breaking 2. Mm-hmm. You know that's 2 minutes and and 20 and two minutes and 32 seconds faster. So then I don't know what the comparative is with a mile, like is 3.14 seconds 
to shave off of a mile to go 339.99 is that like similar to taking off two minutes and sure 32 seconds in a marathon i think it actually is kind of comparable when you take the distances into account yeah you kind of break it down yeah um but you're looking at you know 55 seconds a lap again i think with that you could have someone pace you to 150 or quicker through the 800 but i i do think if nike did it or adidas whoever put it on there would be some strategy to subbing in a different pacer for each lap but again gotta get you gotta make a new pair of shoes nike yeah yeah something optimal for the track now rather than the roads right but Simply put, Kipchoge's two flat twenty five definitely gives me hope that sub three forty could be done in a mile. Not That's just not saying an IAAF official world record, but in a in an event like what breaking two was. Hey, Hickam Elgarouge, he won he won two gold medals in twenty fourteen. Who knows? He might be he might be game, Jim. <laughs> Call him up, ask him if he wants to try it. I'm hanging up on you right now. <laughs> no, don't do that. But to wrap this all up, we can go on for hours, but to wrap it up. Yeah, we could. How many miles total now have you run since graduating? In, did you graduate May 2015? Uh, uh, technically, well, I stopped running in May 2015, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just put that as the standard there or the the period on your collegiate running may 2015 it's february 2018 you said you you haven't run since that infamous september 2nd boots 5k i have not well i mean i might have you know i usually have to run to catch a bus here in london so if you add up all the times i've sprinted to a bus stop then you know i might have had i might have added another like two to three miles since September. But I've never, I have not tied up the Pegasus, the Nike Pegasus and gone out for a, for a nice casual three mile shakeout since, since I tied up the boots in September. The chasing the bus scenarios and adding mileage just totally reminded me of your summer working at Lake Geneva. Camp Geneva, and (laughs) you just telling everyone, you let everyone know that, oh, yeah, my sprint workouts were chasing the kids around these fields. (laughs) Yeah, man. And you would log that as miles, and you would tell Nordy, and Nordy would just kind of cackle at you and be like, ah, it's not real sprint training. That's not speed work. And then you guys just bantering back and forth. But that summer, you worked at Camp Geneva chasing kids around. And I ended up improving a lot my sophomore year i did i did all right in cross country yeah what i would do is i'd i'd wear a a, a little casio and as soon as i started getting chased by a kid i would start my watch and i'd make sure i'd continuously run and i'd get like 30 minutes of non-stop running so i'd add that <laughs> somehow these funky miles get added to the zach sandberg and log and now it's chasing it's like chasing buses or trains did you say in london Buses. The buses are ruthless here, Jim. They don't wait. Add well, those miles. Well, I can't wait to have you on another Hooray Run podcast episode. I will. Ab- let, absolutely. Let I'm you. always happy to chat with you. 
I'll let you go here. I'm sure the the Cavs are still recovering from September 2nd. They're, they haven't been the same. You know, my ankles and those loose boots are still... I have to ice them every night. And the jeans still need a washing. Yeah, definitely haven't washed those since then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be super cool if I could get out to London too and see you and we could do some stupid run in bed over there or just shoot the breeze you could show me around so come on and visit I hope come and visit in april i hear there's a i hear there's a race going on and i heard you might band it or no sign no up promises for late registration oh no promises maybe if you come and, and banded it with me jim then we might do it together and then you come on the pod every thursday of each week and you update us on where you're at in your training oh that could be a thing we'll think about that we'll consider that <laughs> All right, Z. All right, Jimmy. Keep down in the starburst. Keep keeping it real over there in London. Thanks for joining well, the pod. Will do. I'll tell the queen you said hey. Please do. Send her my hellos. I will. All right, brother. All right, Jimmy. Take it easy. You too. Good night. Peace. Peace. Thanks again for listening to Hooray Run Podcast, episode 15. Much appreciation to Zach for hopping on the line all the way from London to talk boots, 5K, and other things running. Hooray Run Podcast, it's on SoundCloud. It's on iTunes, the podcast app on iPhone. It's on Stitcher. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Recommend. Leave a review. Hooray Run has a Facebook Twitter and Instagram page hoorayrun.com for more write-ups and such big thanks to Mikey aka Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud for the intro outro beats let me know if you've ever run or are planning to run a 5k in hiking boots also this could this could be like in the blooper section <laughs> <laughs>